Welcome to Sip and Spin with Luke and Andy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sip and Spin with Luke and Andy. As always, I am your favorite degenerate, Andy. And with me, (laughs) as always, I have my best friend, Luke. What's up, sir? Yo-ho. Yo-ho-ho and a bottle of rum. <laughs> or two. I feel like, that's, feel like that's deceiving because there's no rum in this in this episode. There is not. I am being completely dishonest and we, are, we, we will have no rum speak in this episode whatsoever. Not even Rumpelstiltskin will, <laughs> will appear. Unless I say his name two more times, in which case he'll... Oh, how does that work? I don't know. I th- I thought Rumpelstiltskin was like Beetlejuice, but I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> is he not? I don't know. Rumpelstiltskin is the same thing as uh, fucking Beetlejuice and Bloody Mary. Yeah. Oh, don't say that. You don't. You don't say. Don't. Don't do it. Bloody Rumpel Juice. I don't know. Bloody Rumpel Candy Man. Candy Man. Oh God. Wow, we are Candyman, really Candyman, off. Candyman. We're, we're like a minute in, and we're like way off base here. What are we talking about? Um, <laughs> let's 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 reel this in. We got to reel reel, reel it back in. This is all what right, right. I I this said it before. If you're not here for 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 a stream of consciousness randomness, <laughs> then then you shouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's true. So this week, uh, this week we are going to talk about the band Twin Peaks and their album. Sweet 17 singles. Mm, so sweet, 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 sweet baby swingles. <laughs> uh, and, and so we're looking forward to that. We're excited about that. They're a local for us, I guess, band somewhat. Yeah, we're not, absolutely. Yeah. So, so it's exciting. And, uh, and, uh, before that, we got a, we got a, we got a cock and roll here. <laughs> it's cock o'clock. It is as always. As always, as always, it's always cock o'clock somewhere. It's 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 always cock o'clock in my house. <laughs> every hour, every, every hour. hour, every hour of the day, cock o'clock. Got a cuckoo um, clock that just is ice <laughs> jingling in a glass every hour. Uh, absolutely. Um. Yeah. So, uh, for the cocktail this week. Uh, the way that I kind of tied this in with the album was, um, so there's a track on the album called Under the Pines. Oh boy. It's a good track too, by the way. It um, is. There's really not, there's, there's nary a bad track on this album, but uh, I, I, I am fond of, of Under the Pines. Um, so that, that was kind of an immediate, I, I was drawn to that immediately and I was like, okay, I kind of want to do something piney, you know? and uh get a, get a nice piney boy going piney boy um <laughs> <laughs> and um so i have i have a particular gin uh in my uh on my my bar shelf uh from uh a distillery in in california that i believe i've talked about before called saint george and they have a i believe um, it was mentioned yeah 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 cuz uh they they also do um, uh, a liqueur called Bruto Americano, which Phil, we talked about 
Uh, Phil, can we can we pull up the tapes, Phil, and and find uh, <laughs> find where Luke mentioned that before? Phil, which episode that was? Danny, Our producer, Phil. Dan- <laughs> How about Danny? Is Danny back Danny, there too? Uh, Danny, Danny and Phil are on it. They got it. They'll they'll find it. <laughs> um. So yeah, I've talked about St. George before. They make Bruto Americano, which is basically an American version of Campari. Um. And they also make they make a few different types of gin. One of which is called uh, Tarar. I believe that's how you pronounce that. Um, beats and me. And it's a. Hmm? I said it beats me. Beats the fuck out of me. Um, <laughs> t- Spell it. T e r r o i r. Tarar. Uh, terrier. But uh, I see. I see. I see terrier. Terrier. T e r r i r. I think you threw. I, th- ter- I think you threw in an extra. Tewa, Tewa. Um, we are. Anyways, <laughs> as we mentioned in almost every episode, not good at pronunciations. No, no. Um, there's good. Oh, we've got some. We've got some other stuff coming up here in the old cock history that I'm probably get a butcher. Um, but yeah, the, so the Saint George Terrar gin, I believe that's say it's a is a very foresty uh, California gin. That's uh, infused with Douglas fir, uh, California bay laurel, coastal sage, and roasted coriander. Good it's quite, it's quite, lord! It's quite delicious. It's very. That's a it's mix. like it's like a forest. It really is like a like a forest. Uh, sounds sounds like grandma's fucking garden. <laughs> but the thing I like about St. George is they they source a lot of the stuff locally and it's very much and that's the whole like terrar is is kind of like it means it means local local ingredients and from the from the earth and from the local you know i don't know i'm just bullshitting here but i want to get too far off track that's where my mind went it went to this particular gin it went to this particular track called under the pines and so regardless of everything i just said I, the way that this all came down was I wanted to do, uh, I want to talk about a Negroni. Uh, nice. Negroni, yeah, Negroni is, uh, I mean, probably aside from, I would say aside from the old fashioned martini, Manhattan, it's probably one of the most classic, uh, classic cocktails of all time. Um, and like a lot of the ones we've talked about, like a lot of the other cocktails we've talked about, you know, in past episodes, of course, the origins of this are a little, a little unclear. Um, and, you know, there's a couple different versions that, you know, people kind of spout off on, spout off on? That's not right. Spotify. Spot, it's pronounced Spotify. Um, I'm I'm listening <laughs> to the Negroni tracks on Spotify every day. Um, yeah, but there's so there's a couple different stories. Uh, one of them, is, you know, credits uh, a Camillo Negroni and places the origin in Florence, Italy, in 1919 at a uh, at, at a cafe Cassoni. And the uh, story goes that this uh, this Camilla fellow, he, he wanted a stronger version of his favorite drink, which was the Americano. And we haven't talked about Americano in this episode, or uh, not uh, not in this episode, but we haven't talked about Americano in, in this show. Uh, but uh, Americano is essentially, 
just a highball version of an of a Negroni, really, without the gin. So it's just equal parts Campari and sweet vermouth, and topped with uh, carbonated water. And that drink had been around since the 1860s. So this was this was uh, apparently Mr. Mr. Camillo's uh, favorite drink, but he wanted it a little stiffer. So he asked his bartender to to add gin in, in place of the the carbonated water, and apparently that's that's where the Negroni came from, at least according to that story. Now that's a um, that's a that's an inventive man right there. <laughs> Need to be drunk faster, please. <laughs> Replace the no... <laughs> non-alcoholic part of this drink with alcohol. I've got no time for your bubbly water. Just <laughs> throw some gin in there. Um, but actually, somewhat recently, a couple members of uh, descendants of the Negroni family did did were doing some digging, doing some rooting around, and uh, they found that there was actually no trace of a of a Count Camillo in the family tree. And according to the documents that they uncovered, they believe that the true inventor of the Negroni is uh, a, a French general by the name of uh, Pascal Olivier Count de Negroni. And <laughs> <laughs> how convenient! <laughs> and uh, not only do they claim that this this French general was actually the true inventor. But they they claim that he invented the drink much earlier than 1919. Uh, it, it, they actually put it closer to the 1850s or 60s, and it wasn't in Italy, but in West Africa, where he was, I believe, stationed, uh, you, you know, with the the French army. Um, so you know, while while neither of these claims is like rock solid, um, it does seem more likely that uh it's it's the it's the general here old old pascal He's old pascal <laughs> old, old pascal is the real deal here hey um, i gotta i gotta say if 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 our listeners are coming to this show in hopes that we're gonna deliver rock solid <laughs> historical accurate theories on these drinks they've been severely disappointed because every fucking week we're like, this, this is where this drink might have come from, but yeah, we don't but, know. <laughs> but even the experts don't fucking know, you know. It's it's well, and it's it's a sad state of affairs with written <laughs> history in that you can't go back more than seventy years without people people essentially just fucking throwing up their hands and being like, I guess this is what happened. <laughs> I don't know, right? right? <laughs> I mean that. I mean that's the thing, though. You know, especially with 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 something like like a cocktail. Yeah. I mean, like who's to fucking say when right. the first person to ever put these ingredients together? You know right. what I mean? It's, it's just a like shoot. it's just right. like we've we've got we've got Campari and we've got gin floating all around the fucking world at this point. <laughs> who's mixing them together and in what ratios? I don't know. Maybe it's and this I, Pascal guy. Maybe it's right. maybe it's uh, maybe it's the the other jackass who just wanted to get dr- <laughs> wanted to get drunk faster. We may never know. And we need to get Richard. We need to get Richard Stack on this shit real quick. Richard Stack, just bring him up, pull him up out of his <laughs> pull him up out of his grave. <laughs> uh, um, fucking sol- he, It's it's not like he ever solved any mysteries. They were right. all unsolved as, right. as it was, so it's he can stay dead. It's fucking it's fine. Bush League. Um, 
um but no i mean all okay so like yeah in any case it doesn't really fucking matter who invented it drink is here it's here to stay it's wildly popular um i'm wondering did i introduce the negroni to you oh plot twist (laughs) you you know what you may have i think Um, i did I think I think you, you may have um, uh, about was it three years ago now? It was before Atticus was born. Mm-hmm. And I think keep, man, was, I, keep in mind I have not I haven't seen you in a in over well over a year. Yeah, I think so, it was yeah. two three. It was at least three years ago now. We we had a, a uh, double date around Christmas. Yes, we went Christmas. back to my I, that's place. That's what I was recalling. And and I had all the components to make a Negroni, mm-hmm. and and I was making them. I think I made one. You know, we were making cocktails, and that was one that I made for you. And I, I can't I get, remember if if that was one that you weren't familiar with at the time. Did I? If I wasn't familiar with the fucking Negroni, then like, holy shit, what a loser. Um, did uh, was that the year that I got you a cocktail book for Christmas? No, I think no. That's the year. year. That was the year you got me the decanter, which was the year before. Um, well, either way, either way, those are great gifts. <laughs> they are. They are. They really are. Um, you you really you really delivered on those. So I I um, think I, I'm not positive. I know I know. Anyway, at the very least, I know there was a Christmas three years ago or so that. That, Where we got um, shit faced on Negronis. Apparently, you yeah, we were making Negronis. we were. I was making Negronis. I was making gin and tonics. We're doing a lot of gin, gin basic, very basic mm-hmm. gin stuff. Well, I know um, my my wife is a big fan of gin, so and it could have been. I that. I do. I I remember. I feel like I sold her on a Negroni at that. Yeah. Like I I I she was like I want a drink and I was like. I was like, well, I can make you a Negroni. And she's like, well, what is that? And I had to like kind of explain it to her. So I don't, right. I don't know. I don't know if that was, if I had to do it, if, if I introduced you to it as well or not, but, but I, I was, yeah, it's, it's been something that's, that I've been drinking for a while as well. And, and uh, yeah, I've been, I've been, so I've, I started getting into cocktails. I really started getting into cocktails like two years ago, yeah. uh, just about two years ago. And before that, I you know I made an old fashioned here and there. Probably used too much syrup because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Um, and half the syrup, half bourbon. <laughs> yeah, one to one syrup and bourbon. One to one. And and yeah, I mean, uh, I'm trying to remember when I really made my first Negroni. Anyways, doesn't matter. So you know. You know, regardless of who invented it, blah blah blah, the drink is extremely popular. And if you don't know what a Negroni is, which I think I, I would say most people do, but who knows? So it's it's a, it is an equal parts cocktail that is considered an aperitif. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah. Um, which which means that it is typically served before a meal. So you got an aperitif, and then you got a digestif. A peritif, a digestif. Um, I got digest- a little peritif digestif. <laughs> the, the digestif is uh, for after your meal to settle your tum-tum. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> to so, give you, to 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 clear the way, as it were. Yeah, to just to, to soothe your jangled belly, jangled, jangled. Belly. Um. So so yeah, because it's an equal parts cocktail, it's one to one to one. Uh, it is gin, Campari, sweet vermouth. I don't like that ratio at all. That's so. That's like the standard. That's your standard. It's lazy. Everybody will say that's your standard. That's to me bullshit. I don't like that. I don't like you, the one to one to one. You um, say everybody will say that's the standard. Well, guess what, Luke? We've got a guest caller on the line today. <laughs> Give him to me. Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this mystery caller? It's it's Sergeant Campari. <laughs> oh no! It was Sergeant, it was, ge- it was General Sergeant. Negroni. Oh my, General Negroni! <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> sweet, sweet baby, General ne- Count de Negroni. <laughs> um, so I the okay. So the your your standard uh, Negroni is one it is a equal parts gin, Campari, and sweet vermouth. I don't know about you. I don't like that. What's your, what are your thoughts? Too much Campari for me. Okay. Um, I I would say too much Campari and too much sweet vermouth. I well, am actually yeah. not a big fan of sweet vermouth or Campari. They're not yeah. my favorites. Um, <laughs> so why the why the fuck are we talking about this drink? I don't know. This drink is <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> no garbage. Uh, <laughs> it's just a fucking classic cocktail that everybody loves. No. Um, I will say. I will say that I did, I did find, I did uh, come upon uh, a ratio that I really do enjoy, um, and and that is um, that's an ounce and a half of gin, an ounce of I prefer like I talked about in a previous episode I I prefer Bruto Americano to mm. um, to Campari. So if you're ever in, the, if you're ever looking for, uh, if you need a bottle of Campari, it's it's a classic liqueur used in a lot of cocktails. If you don't have it, uh, do yourself a favor and and seek out Bruto Americano. It's the same price. Um, I for whatever reason I just like I just like it much better. I don't think I'll ever buy a bottle of what Campari again. What color is again. it? Hmm color is it what color is it it's it's a (laughs) color give me the fucking color um it's a (laughs) it's a bright bright red color good good i mean you can't substitute a bright red liqueur with you know like something a green a green liqueur (laughs) yeah um no so yeah and i think i talked about this in a past episode but so campari is actually artificially colored bruto americana Bruto Americano is colored with the exoskeletons of beetles. Glorious. So you take your pick, which which <laughs> what you prefer. I want the fucking beetle. I want the, I, the beetle juice. Yeah, oh, beetle don't juice. Say it again. Oh god. Stop. How many? Don't say it said again. It too many times. He's here. He's here with us. He's here. Um, He's here. So so my goat. So if I'm going to make a Negroni, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do an ounce and a half of gin. But not only am I going to do an ounce and a half of gin, I'm going to be I'm going to be pretentiously specific about this and i'm going to do an ounce and a half of the saint george tarar gin which i highly recommend to anybody so if you're a gin fan 
the big takeaway with Jin is what 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 would you say the big takeaway with Jin is? Me? Like yeah, like what would you say like when you think of Jin? I'm like, the only one you, here so I guess it's me. <laughs> what are you looking for? You what are you thinking of? You're thinking of what? Me, I'm I'm looking for I'm looking for that pininess. Yeah, that's right, baby. So pine you, baby, pine daddy. Juniper and pine and you know you you know other assorted botanicals and you know it's yeah it, it, it's got that kind of it's got a little bit of that bitterness and 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 so that's what i look for too in a gin something very botanical obviously something uh those sh- those kind of sharp herbal kind of notes and things like that exactly um and so i like i like go go and get yourself a bottle of the saint george Tourar gin it's it's really good it doesn't work in all cocktails that that ask for gin, but it does work very well in in, in in specific cocktails. It works great. I think it works great in 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 a Negroni here. So you do an ounce and a half of the St. George Shirard gin. You do an ounce of the Bruto Americano, which is their version of Campari, which is more earthy, herbal, and and mm. and such. And then you've got three quarter ounces of sweet vermouth. I like Camparo. I'm sorry. I like. Carpano Antica. Um, that's my favorite sweet vermouth. Very vanilla forward in 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 the flavor. Uh, a little thicker than some other uh, sweet vermouths. And so ounce and a half of gin, an ounce of Brut Americano, and three quarter ounces of sweet vermouth. That to me makes a great a great Negroni. So I basically took my preferred Negroni recipe, right? And for the Under the Pines version, for for the version here for, for the Twin Peaks album, uh, what I did was I kept everything the same. I kept an ounce and a half of that, that same gin. I kept the three quarter ounces of the sweet vermouth. I cut back a little bit on the Bruto Americano. So instead of an ounce, I did three quarter of an ounce. And then I added a pine liqueur. You crazy bastard. I added a quarter ounce of pine liqueur. So I did three quarter ounce Bruto Americana or Campari and then a quarter ounce of pine liqueur. So the fuck is a pine liqueur? So a pine liqueur, it, the one that I have, and I, I can't imagine, I don't think there's very many different brands of this. Um, it's, it, yeah, I mean, it's basically, it's made from like uh, pine, you know, like pine fruit, pine. like the like the actual like like the fruit of like the pine the pine tree like a pine tree and like the one i have is Pines a don't have a fruit stone pine liqueur that's the one that i have and it's from like uh it's from like the french alps i believe and it's it's like a, i mean you open this bottle and it's like a, it's like a christmas tree that's what it smells like damn so if you, so if you like that and it sounds like you do. Who doesn't like that? Right. Who doesn't like the smell of like a fucking like Christmas tree? You know what I mean? Like that's right. why we that's why we put Christmas trees in our house every goddamn year. There's yeah. no other reason. So that's my that's my uh under the pines. Um it's it's pretty good. It's extremely piney because like I said, that particular gin is very piney. Actually the Bruto Americano has a very earthy yeah, uh, well, you got to get that of, dirt. When you got a pine tree, you got to get the dirt in there too. Yeah, it's got an earthy herbal it, it, that actually has some kind of rosemary kind of flavors to it too. The Bruto Americano, and then you you 
plug in a little bit of that pine liqueur. Oh, baby. And oh, then mama. Uh, oh, mama. Oh, mama. Oh, mama. Uh, and, uh, Hoochie and, and, mama. And then you garnish that with a, a sprig of rosemary or if you can. I, I did last year. I, I, I plucked a, I plucked a sprig of pine off, my, off, of a, off of a tree right by my house here and put that in my drink. Oh. Um, spent the spent the night in jail for stealing, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a it's a, that's a really good cocktail. If you like those kind of earthy herbal kind of flavors, it's really nice. Obviously, it's very spirit forward. I mean, it really does. It it is very much a Negroni, uh, obviously, and but it, it's just like taken to the next level with yeah. those kind of like piney flavors. So I, I really do enjoy it. So. If you have those, if you have those bottles, or you know, if you want to do something similar, if you don't have the pine liqueur, you know, just make the Negroni that I talked about, or, or make whatever you want. I, you know, do you, you do you? All right. Hey, guess what? We don't give a fuck. No, you want to get drunk? Shit. Make whatever yeah. kind of cocktail you want. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I'm not gonna fucking judge you. Um. I so, mean, it sounds great to me because one of the things that I love about drinks from wine to cocktails is the fact that you can get basically you can get a drink a cocktail a wine that has flavors in it that are otherwise in inedible like how <laughs> right. many how many red wines you see do you see that are like Tastes like shoe leather and old sawdust, and you know, and then and, you know, and then you've got like these drink, these cocktails that are just like pure pine and weird mm-hmm. herbs that you wouldn't eat, right. but they they come through in the, the yeah. liqueurs. Like that, to me, it's just it's yeah. fantastic. I love. You're that. not you're not gonna like you're not gonna put together a bowl of like fucking like tobacco and like leather tobacco. and like you know. Yeah. Yeah, and fucking exactly. and fucking chew on that shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But you love, but those flavors are great. You know, and I love those yeah. flavors. Um, yep. Aromatics. S- aromatics. Mm, mm. Mm. Um. So that's it for the for the cocktail portion. I feel like I missed something, but I think we talked a little bit too long about all that. Uh, if you don't have any of that specific stuff, make yourself a Negroni. Do it however you want. Uh, you know. Like I said, a lot of people love uh, love the classic one to one, what to one Negroni. Hey, do it. You know, what? do what you like. We don't care. Do what you like. Yep. And but you know, if you want to try something different, you know, try this. Get these bottles, whatever. Blah blah blah. Like I said, I mean, yeah, St. George is is a distiller I really enjoy. I think they do some cool things. Um, and you know, this, the the Terrar is, is really nice. That that's a really nice gin. I think it's about thirty bucks. So it's not like, you know. It's not too no. too pricey. That's that's not bad. And and the Bruto Americano is the same price as Campari, so there's no fucking reason why you shouldn't get to me, there's no reason why you shouldn't get that over over Campari. True. Um Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Uh, an interesting name. A really inter- I, I it's it's I, I don't know if we talked about this in, in past episodes, but like you know, there are certain band names. Oh, actually, Whit like Whitney. We and we, we did Chicago talk about band. Whitney. Yeah, yeah, we talked about Whitney. So Whitney, you know, you 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 try to search for this band, especially like when they just came out. You try to search for them, and you're like, you know, all you're getting is Whitney Houston. You know what I mean? 
Right. And um and then like there were other there are other bands that have names that are just like you know very I don't know. Uh they, they, there's just nothing specific enough about them. Right. Uh, and that, or it's, or it, they tie in directly with something that already exists. Right. It's um, like they're it's like they're trying to it's like they're trying to to push themselves into obscurity intentionally. Like they're picking it, names yeah, or, right. or or doing things to like make themselves harder to find so that it's they're in, not, you know, at the top of the list there. I did, I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't find anything about, did, did you find anything about why, why, how they came, how they came up with that name? No. I didn't either. It's interesting because they are, they're, so they're a Chicago band. And you know we're from Chicago. For anybody who doesn't know, um, we're from the Chicago area. You gave them our address, <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, they're 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 a local band for us. Uh, Whit- yeah. Whitney is the same way. They're from Chicago as well, yeah. um, and you know so there there's uh, it's interesting that they would pick a name like Twin Peaks. Where does that come from? I mean, yeah, obviously you've got the TV show, um, the very popular TV show. Yeah, why would they do that? Why would they name? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't I, know. I, I couldn't find anything out on 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 that uh, on why they would do that because yeah, they're from Chicago. They're not from a mountainous region. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, Jesus. Yeah. But we're from uh, the flattest place on earth yeah, besides yeah. Nebraska. Right. And yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's got to be just like they were watching the show or know of the show, I and guess, just like that's cool. Like, but it's kind of you know, like I was a teenager that played music and was in some bands, and it's just like at some point you're just like, oh, that's cool, I like that, that sounds cool. And um, these guys have more C's than my freaking junior high <laughs> report card. Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's right. Uh, all but one Katie of them: Katie Lake James, Clay Frankel, Jack Dolan. Colin Kroom and Connor Brodner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of C's. Oh, it's a lot of C's, and it's some G- like if these guys weren't given these fucking names so that they could be in a band later <laughs> or have some kind of famous career, I would be shocked. Like, are, are these stage names? It, like every single fucking one of them. It's too. It's really. It's it's too bad Jack had to come in there and fuck it up because he could have yeah. named it like C four. It's true. They could have been like a boy band and be like C C C four and had a lot of like explosive effects, you know. Well, obviously. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. It's an it's an interesting lineup. Um, so these guys these guys have been around for, for uh, good a good decade now. Um, and aside from I believe uh, Colin Croom. They all kind of went to high school together. Is that right? They did. Um, they went, uh, you know, uh, Jesus, I forgot. I read it. A lot of them went to the same high school as, uh, um, God damn it. Not a lot. <laughs> Chance the Rapper. Chance the Rapper. That's right. Yeah, they were friends with Chance the Rapper. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so they formed around 2010. Um, so one of the, one of the, well, the, actually the interesting thing about this band is like almost everybody, I, except for, I believe, uh, I believe the keyboardist. Yeah. Connor, Connor, Connor. I believe, no. So I, Connor Brodner, 
So there's Colin Croom and then there's Connor Brodner. I believe Connor Brodner is the only one who doesn't who has not done any vocals for the for the band. Is that yeah. right? So yeah, everybody drummer. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has done vocals, which is kind of interesting. Like you've got four different yeah. band members that kind of lend lend vocals to to the albums. I think that's pretty cool. I think it adds a lot of variety. Um yeah, even even on the the album we're going to talk about uh Sweet 17 singles, it's all over the place. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. Um and so so one of one of the so in, in some of the earlier albums, uh a lot of the vocals were done by by Cadian and Clay. Which that's that right there is a great name, Cadian and Clay. That should be it. That would be yeah. a fucking good band name right there. Um, Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so you know, back when they were in, when they were still in, still in high school, uh, Cadian and his older brother Hal had a band, but Hal actually left to be the drummer for a band called another Chicago band called Smith Westerns. And actually, very, I think it's very interesting. So Smith Western, Smith Westerns, that band, that band's past members included Julian Ehrlich and Max Kakasik, who are the two frontmen of Whitney. Look at did that. You know, did you know that? I did. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I think that's pretty cool. Um, so so Hal left. They the. Uh, Katie and his brother Hal had a little bit of a duo going on or something, and then so Hal left to join Smith Westerns, and and then Katie and kind of got together with some other childhood friends, uh, Jack Dolan, Connor Brodner, and Clay Frankel, um, and so they graduated high school, and then they some of them I don't I don't I think it was just I think it was Katie and Jack and Connor all went to this college in Evergreen State College in Olympia, Washington. Um, but then they ended up dropping out to to pursue their the music, and um, and then I think I think Clay Frankel was like doing something else in California, I believe. I don't know. If, I don't know if you if you looked into any of this. And um, they so they basically so the three of them decided to drop out of college, and they were like, you know what, fuck it, fuck this. And then they went and picked up Clay Frank, Clay out of from uh, from California, and they're like, let's, on the way let's, home, yeah, on the way home, it's like, let's do this shit. And so, uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of how the the group formed. I mean, I mean, they're young. I mean, these guys are young. Oh, I know. You know? That's what's crazy is it's like I, I look, it's like I'm at that weird age where like I listen to the music and I'm like, I remember that. And then <laughs> at the same time, I'm like, these guys are super young. Yeah, and almost like remind me more of my kids than than myself you know like they're 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 so much closer to my age than my kids but at the same time i'm like right. i look at them almost as kids it's funny and and so it's like when you say that it's like they all like just kind of like we're in college together and then they left college and i'm just like oh my god yeah. don't don't <laughs> don't drop out of school kids stay in school <laughs> you sons of bitches um but you know sometimes it works out and yeah and uh I mean, you know, it's. I think it's pretty cool, like that these guys had known each other for a long time, and you know, decided to to take a chance on this and pursue this, and and I mean, really, they they uh, 
they they kind of became successful right out the gate. Um, they in, in, so in in 2013 they released their their debut album Sunken, right, and and that that garnered some attention. Um, and and then two years later they released their their first full LP because I I think Sunken is only like it's it's like eight or nine tracks or something like that, but I, it's only like 20 minutes long. <laughs> the mm-hmm. the tracks are super short. Um, and so you know a couple of years later they released their, f- their real full lp wild onion um and wild onion was that was kind of their that was my first exposure to them um i don't know when i i don't know when i stumbled across them but i think it was around the time that they were releasing their follow up album mm. down in heaven um and I believe that came out in what must have been 2016 or something like that. Or, yep. Yeah. 2016. Um, so I, th- I think I, I think I came across, I happened to just come across wild onion right around the time they were releasing their follow up, And I, I really liked, I really liked wild onion. Like that really kind of struck a chord with me. Um, they there was just there was just something about it that just you know really appealed to me it it had it did kind of have it had this kind of like garage rock sound but it also had like yeah. this kind of classic 70s rock sound yeah um it had it, it really it drew i'm not even a big rolling stones fan but it, it certainly yeah. it certainly has a big rolling stones vibe to it it definitely um, yeah even even the one you know sweet 17 singles there's a couple tracks on there yeah. it's like this sounds Partic- like the rolling stones particularly clay frankel's vocals i th- yeah. i feel like sound like mick jagger um but uh so you know uh, uh so i i started listening i listened to wild onion and then you know listening down to heaven blah 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 um and you do you definitely get that kind of there's also kind of like that 60s there's also like a 60s kind of sound to it um yeah. almost like there's no, there's a little bit of beatles there's a little bit of like like velvet underground there's a little bit of like yep. you get some zeppelin in there you get i almost i get some like beach boys from time to time um uh and it, so they're, just, they're they're kind of all over the place but they're also very kind of uniquely their own kind of thing um and 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 so so while wild onion was was kind of my my real first exposure to them i, I don't recall ever really getting it to down in heaven i don't know why because when i went back you know this week and listened to down in heaven i was like oh this is pretty it's a pretty good album um but a lot of times, I don't know if you're this way, but when you kind of discover a band, it's like the first album that you discover of a band, like that's it. Like that's what you kind of compare everything else that you hear after that to, you know, naturally. And um, so I, I, for a while there, I, you know, I compared a lot of, a lot of the stuff to like Wild Onion and then Sweet 17 singles came out in in 2018 and man that album just like that album floored me like right away um which is rare which is weird because like a lot of times i don't know if you're this way but like a lot of times if you if you've kind of 
if you know if you know a band and you've been listening to them for a little bit, when their new album comes up, for some reason you're like more critical of it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, oh yeah. you have like this idea of what the sound should be because of like what you know you know you've kind of ex- your experience with it personally and so like when something new comes you're like what the fuck is this and you you, you kind of have this <laughs> what like is, sta- what is this bullshit you have kind of like this standoffish kind of like feel yeah. to it like you're excited to listen to the new to the new stuff but you're also like uh and yep. um but to me like uh sweet 17 singles just blew me away like i was like oh man this is like they of their sound has evolved a little bit and yeah. where they're at right now with this is like exactly like like it's it's the sound it's there it's the sound that i like the best uh, in terms of what they had produced up until that point you know right um and so i i don't know how you were and i know you're kind of uh in ter- your history of like listening to the band and stuff is a little different than mine. Um, yeah. Yeah. How, how did, how did this album kind of strike you? Yeah. So I, I like, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't heard much from them before this. I think it came up a couple of times where there were some tracks that I'd heard at, at random spots. Um, and there was a couple that uh, stuck with me and I don't even remember what they were. Honestly, they were just, ones that kind of came and went, um, but I liked them. And, uh, and I remember at the time, you know, trying to like kind of go back and, and listen to like full albums and things like it was probably, you know, I think wild onion or, or something like that, that I tried to like go back and, and listen to mm-hmm. when I was first introduced to him. And I, and I, for whatever reason, just didn't latch on. Um, so, so it kind of, you know, it kind of, it was never anything that I really latched onto that I, that I gravitated back toward. So, uh, kind of listening to, to sweet 17 singles and, and getting into that and trying to listen to it, you know, like dedicated to listen to it, um, was, was interesting. And I really liked it. I, I honestly, it was, um, there's a lot of, a lot of songs on there that, um, I really, really like that are yeah. really, really good. And, and they're, I think the, uh, you know, I can't go so far back, you know, to say that the albums before sweet 17 singles and, and what they sounded like, but I can say for this one, at least, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of songs on here that are just like straight up, like timeless. Like they're, yeah. they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're on, unidentifiable as far as yeah. you know what they belong to because it's like like you said you know some of them you know some of them they feel like you know they got that you know people are always going to be like they got that vintage 60s raw vibe and you know they sound like old school blah 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 or old school so and so like you know right, I, could, right. I could throw out you know you could throw out Lou Reed you could throw out Bob Dylan you could throw out right. Um, you know, the Beatles, you could throw out all kinds of people. Um, but then you watch a live video of them or something and it's like, it's like, you know, the energy and the, the, the stage presence that that they have is like, is like 
unheard of for, yeah. for you know some of these things too and it's like absolutely it's, it, so it's like it's this weird it, it certainly is this weird concoction of like these yeah. it's classic definitely 60s 70s bands and then like you know this young punk and yeah, yeah this young energy to it exactly yeah 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 it feels like i mean i i watch so I've watched a few of their live videos, from, especially from like Chicago venues, like Thalia Hall and things right. like that. And and um, it's it's seriously, it's like watching. It's it's like feeling like you're at. Yeah, it's like feeling like you're at the first time, freaking. The Rolling Stones played, yeah. you know, at like a at a at a venue that was somewhat bigger than a bar. You know, it's like it's <laughs> right. like. Right. They it's like it's legitimate these guys are legitimate musicians and they also oh, yeah. have legitimate energy and you don't always like you don't always find those two things happening at the same time, you know. Yeah. It's 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 interesting. I maybe that's why it reminds me of punk rock because it's like punk was like, you know, these guys would play these shows. In, in a lot of ways, you know, the coming from the DIY scene in Chicago, there was there was that aesthetic too where it's like you know, and, and punk rock in the eighties was like that in, in the U S where it was like, these guys would, it was just like these groups of friends that would just do this shit. That's, that's just what they yeah, did. They lived right. and they breathed it. And right. it was, that's, that was their yep. whole life. Yep. And, and they, they, you know, they lived together and they, they had houses that they would throw parties at or people, yeah. would, you know, have them come to their house and, and play music. And, and that's just how they built their sound and that's how they built their following. And, and then, you know, they, they get it to a point where it's perfected and then, and then they, they make it into somewhat the mainstream and it's just like, it's all because of, you know, it's partly because of their sound, but it's also because of just the energy and the live yeah. aspect. I mean, there's songs from the album for sure that I listen to from the album, Sweet 17 Singles, and I'm like, that's a good song. And then I, I see a live version of it and it's like, yeah, that's like another level. Like right. th that's you know, their energy and their stage presence, you know, between the five of them combined is yeah. like, takes the whole thing just to a place where you're like, well, holy shit, you know? Right. Like that's, that's something else. That's, that's not even, you can't even capture that on an album. Right. And that's, that's, that's something that's a, that's an indefinable quality that is very rare these days i would say yeah absolutely and and you know like um i mean a lot i so i, I do feel like their earlier albums had a lot more energy um I, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to some of their earlier stuff but their so their debut album sunken and uh and then their follow-up wild onion are pretty like they're pretty energetic um yeah and their their the the tempo is very you know it's very fast tempo um to all the songs a lot of the songs are shorter and naturally as you know if you have like <laughs> if you're doing the, like a lot of up tempo songs they're not going to be like up tempo and like 8 minutes long of like up tempo <laughs> up tempo shit you know what i mean like um right but like so yeah like their their like their earlier stuff is like the the songs are shorter it's it's it the tempo is faster and um and then you know it is kind of interesting because then they you know down in heaven their 
there's real their actual like their kind of second full length album um that one kind of does kind of step back a little bit takes a breather um and then and that i believe it's after it's after down in heaven here then that they that they did sweet 17 singles which is a pretty interesting album uh you know for a lot of reasons um but primarily because the way that it was the way that it was produced and the way that it was released um so you know this this is actually uh, not not considered a studio album it's considered right. a compilation album right because what they did was they they were they just recorded wrote and recorded two songs at a time and they released those as 7-inch vinyls and um so from what i read they said that they didn't even know like they really just did this two songs at a time and so they That's didn't funny. know what the next two what the next two tracks were going to be but it's it's interesting because when you listen to the album as a whole it really is pretty cohesive um oh, yeah. it it feels like an album it feels like a it doesn't feel like you have all of these kind of like loose ends and you know it, it, where things don't tie together like it does feel very cohesive um right so and, I, and the album itself was only released after the the singles were successful right so yeah they released the, they so what they did was from July to December of 2017 they released two tracks each month as a 7-inch vinyl and then it wasn't until February of 2018 that they released all of it kind of uh together as a compilation um and but when you listen you know and and i don't i when i i don't think i listened to the singles as they were released i i I don't think um i didn't really come across it until until they had, had released it as a as a compilation and it just like i immediately loved it and it was like oh man this is like this is my favorite kind of version this is my favorite sound of theirs you know um because everybody you know everybody because they are a band that that does constantly evolve and i think the you know the other thing i like about them is that you know they're uh they see they just seem to be a very like you know we've talked about bands in the you know in other episodes and stuff like that where like they got to a certain point where they just like they it was just toxic you know right. <laughs> like the relationships right. between the band members were just fucking toxic i mean we talked about we had a whole episode on pink floyd a fucking two-part episode on pink floyd and i mean really pink floyd was around really for all intents and purposes pink floyd was around for what from 67 until like what 80 83 really Something like no, that. I don't even know. I can't. Is even that right? Remember. I mean, so sixteen years, and then and then Waters left, and the band kind of fell apart and whatnot. And they still ended up releasing stuff after that. But so that's so yeah. you're talking about sixteen years, okay? But this band, Twin Peaks, has already been around for eleven years, and right. I just feel like it's so it's really refreshing to see a band that has you know and like we were talking about five members and they it seems to be a really healthy 
kind of relationship between the members, a very collaborative nature right. uh, amongst the different members. And I think that, that that's just kind of great to, to see because, you know, you do hear, you do read a lot of stories about like different, you know, different bands and stuff like that where like after a certain amount of time, they just like disintegrate you know <laughs> like yeah. like the the just the relationships between the people and whatever you know um well, and i think that it's a, the, it's a healthy relationship it's a healthy relationship in so far as that they don't let connor sing apparently <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um <laughs> keep them keep them in the background wearing the sleeveless t-shirts and drumming and, and they're good to go um but you know, we talked about uh, we talked about Whitney, and you know, in, in a past episode, we we talked about their debut album, "Light Upon the Lake," and so they're so they're a Chicago band too, and uh, Twin Peaks is a Chicago band, and there's there's something really cool about um, I don't know there's there there is something really I think unique about the Chicago music scene. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I can only, I guess I, I guess my, I can only go so far as, as Whitney and, and Twin Peaks for, for my examples. They have like this authentic, effortless vintage charm. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and they have a, and they have a, and they have a lot of components, but not a, not a huge sound, you know, they mm-hmm. have a, they have a lot of, a lot of layers and a lot of pieces but not 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 to the point where it's just like oh my god it's it's an overwhelming sound you know exactly yeah then that's that's what we talked about on the whitney episode you know where it was like oh you've got all these things going on you've got you've got fucking trumpets and this and that and whatever and you know all these different sounds but it and while it's a big sound it's simultaneously a very intimate and right small kind of sound to it and yeah house party sound what's that house party sound house party yeah yeah actually the one thing i did see was that um so the trumpet player the guy the for the trumpet player for whitney will his name is will miller he actually played trumpet on twin peaks third album down heaven that was kind of there you go so yeah, that's what's, that's another kind of cool thing is like you have these kind of different connections and stuff like that. And absolutely, um, it, it, so yeah. there's only so many trumpet players in Chicago. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, just you know, reading a lot about this and stuff like that, and and reflecting on my past experiences of going to shows, man, it just it makes me really miss uh, live shows. Yeah. Definitely. I, you know, like, um, it's something where, you know, I know you were always kind of hesitant because you live a little further away when, when things kind of get back to normal where they can open up music venues and stuff like that. Like, and after the vaccine kind of rolls out completely and everything, um, I really, I'm really excited. I mean, I think we should, should go to some, some shows together. Yeah. Um, I I want to bring my I want to bring my son to some to some shows. Yeah, I want, hell I want yeah. Him to some of these all ages things. I want him to see yeah. some of these bands and see what it's all about. And you know, most of the, I would say most of these bands are. I mean, they're they're 
all innocent enough you know what i mean like there's nothing like oh yeah yeah sure you might have like the the vocalist kind of like dropping some f-bombs and like yeah how you fucking doing in chicago you know what i mean like that kind of stuff but like you know i don't know that's that's not gonna fucking scare your your kids i'm sure there have been many other things that you have done (laughs) in your house that have scarred your kids more than the fucking (laughs) f-word absolutely (laughs) you don't know the half of it hey i'm right there with you brother my kids are terrified of me (laughs) oh shit um uh yeah so i mean um i'm trying to think of where we go from here um the album yeah i guess we should talk about the album sure 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 sure. yeah so it's a it's a great album (laughs) all right everybody we'll see you next week (laughs) see you later um yeah so we we you know we we mentioned earlier that this is kind of a comp. This is a compilation album. It's something that yep. they did two tracks at a time, uh, and in released you know two tracks every month for for six months for the a total of uh, twelve the twelve tracks on the album. And um, I like I said I didn't experience it individually or like you know in twos like that. I just I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I came across it until it was until they had released the compilation and just listened to it as a whole. And so it's always felt like a whole album to me. Um, but I mean, it, it seems like a whole album. It doesn't seem like piecemeal or anything no, like that. No, it definitely, you know, you know, feels cohesive, I think, to me. Um, but um, it's, um, you know, when you when you look at, you know, their other albums... Um, and, and I'm not sure how much you you explored of their other their other stuff. How much? How much didn't. Did, did you didn't didn't? Yeah, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> didn't. <laughs> so have you not heard any of their other albums at all? I've heard I've heard some of their other stuff. I just I haven't. I didn't like go back and listen to their albums specifically for this right, podcast. Right. Right. So I, I haven't. I haven't. I don't have like a frame of reference for anything besides this. Having not listened to much of their other stuff, what was kind of like your initial kind of takeaway? I mean, you know, when when you first, you know, if you first flip the album on, you know, if if you haven't listened to anything else of theirs, you know, the first song you hear is Tossing Tears, which right. which I think is, a, is, it's a great intro track. It's a good, it's definitely a great track. Um, and I, I liked it a lot. It's got, you know, it's got some funky beat, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's not, you know, your straight, uh, straight garage band rhythm. It's kind of all over the place and, um, it's got a good breakdown. It's got a good, uh, piano breakdown. It's yep. got a good, there's like a, there's like a guitar breakdown in the middle. That's kind of cool. And then it kind of goes back into the song and then, and then there's a piano breakdown and then the piano breakdown kind of leads into like some strings, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, like as far like as far as like the vocals and stuff like um i definitely got like a mac demarco vibe like out of yeah. this song which you know like i'm i'm way more familiar with mac demarco than i am of like than i am with with uh with them so i know right. they're they're a little it's not like you know one is more necessarily influenced by the other they're obviously more like contemporaries than anything um but yeah it was just 
for me, having been familiar with Mac DeMarco when the song came out, I was like, this feels like, feels like Mac. So it was a, it was a good, it was a good, uh, it was a good track. And it gave me that impression of like the weird, you know, the kind of like jaunty, jaunty. Um, yes. <laughs> the Used it. The, you know, the weird, yeah, kind of kind the of weird vibes. B- bouncy kind um, of energy. Yeah. Yeah, like the bouncy, the, the kind piano, of jaunty, weird energy, piano kind yeah. of like fuzzy guitar. Yeah, uh, actually, but at the same time, you know, kind of like it's it's got kind of some tweaks to it that mm-hmm. that are that are interesting and oh yeah, and so it, it kind of hooked me in with that. Yeah, and you know, I, so this is, uh, and you know, there is like you like you mentioned, there's some uh, there's some violin here in in this in this track. Yeah, actually, it's the only. It's I, I believe it's the only track that on this album that has violin, and actually, From what I remember yeah. might be one of the only tracks of any Twin Peaks uh, from any Twin Peaks album that has that has strings like that. So I kind of like that. That makes it that definitely adds a unique uh, uh, flavor to it. Um, vanilla, vanilla, um, <laughs> and I also like that. There's definitely some like uh yeah kind of multi-vocal harmony action going on yeah. um yeah definitely there's some female backing vocals which is you know yep. has a nice little nice little uh so, little spin on, on their on their sound um yeah yeah i i that's yeah, one of my one of my favorite tracks there on the album absolutely um i i really like I think the, the the piano is is I, I've yeah. I've realized is a big part of why I like their their sound. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it it just it, it kind of has this old it, it has this old time kind of like jazz piano kind of feel to it. Um, there's a lot of energy in you know like bouncy beats and things like that, melodies and and yeah you know it's not like keyboard it's like you know true piano kind of and um i just i like that sound a lot it it does kind of like it it, uh lends like a a jazz quality i think you know yeah to it like an old like an old school kind of jazz vibe to it um yeah definitely uh and then so you know the second track is another is another favorite of mine it's what i named the cocktail off uh, don't start after. listening. Don't start listening through the I tracks. I know, but it's it's the second track, and it's the track. <laughs> it's the track that I named the cocktail <laughs> off of. So I gotta fucking talk about it, all right? Um, so yeah, the second track is is under the pines, and it definitely has this. So so toss and tears is a little more. I would say, um, toss and tears. Toss and toss and tears. It's <laughs> it's got a little more of a melancholy vibe to it. Whereas yeah. under the pines is more upbeat, kind of their their more signature kind of high energy sound, yeah. um, and then they also kind you of you know what's you know what song I don't like, <laughs> yeah. under the pines. Oh my god! Seriously, I mean, there's parts of it that I really like, and there's parts of it that I really don't like. Wow. Okay. Okay. And and you know what? That's actually an interesting thing about. Um, about a lot of a lot of their tracks you know, and even on uh, you know specifically on this album is that they start they may start in one 
one place, but they'll go somewhere else. And yeah. so you, they may start with a sound that you don't care for, but they will evolve and change to something that you're like, oh shit, yeah, I like this. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, that's kind of cool. Um, because I found that with some with some of the other tracks on this album, where I was like, okay, I'm not really digging like the beginning of this track, but then it'll it'll kind of evolve into something else, and I'm like, oh yeah, I like this, okay. Um, so you don't like Under the Vines, really? Okay. I just don't like the. I don't really like the chorus. I don't really like the 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 kind of like wordless la 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 na 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 whatever's happening there yeah yeah, yeah. and i like it nah, in their other nah, songs nah, 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 there's yeah. other songs that they do that mm. I, they do that in that i'm I, I i really like i mean they do it at the end of toxic tears right and they do it in they do it in other songs as well it's just for whatever reason in this song it's like the rest of the song isn't redeeming enough for me to like mm-hmm. enjoy it when they throw it in here it almost just feels like a weird kitschy like college band so even the saxophone even the saxophone even this i, even I the do sa- like the i do like the horn break the horn break is good even the sax isn't enough to bring you in on this one i i mean i like it but it's not enough to like <laughs> for me to be like i need to listen to that song again to me you know? yeah to me this has like a very this like we were talking about kind of earlier this to me has a very loose kind of live sound to it um, it does. I could see this being one of those songs. And there's another song on the album that I don't like on the album. And I have watched, I have watched a, a, video, a, a video of them doing it live and I love it. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite things to watch. That's interesting. So it's, it's definitely an album. It's, it's definitely a, this, you know, they're, they're definitely one of those bands where their live performance is not going to translate to the album. And they're going to have some great songs on the album, but they're also going to have some songs that are okay on the album that they play live that are just phenomenal. Right, right. And yeah. and and there's a, there's a couple songs, at least one on this on this album that I feel that way about, where I'm like, I'm going to skip this on the album. Yeah. But if I saw them play it live, it'd probably be amazing. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, they. I mean, like I said, I've seen them live, and they are pretty rambunctious you know i mean they have a lot of energy rambunctious rambunctious um like a couple of like six week old puppies <laughs> but they i mean like and i mentioned this too i think they they are one of those bands that like so you know you'll you'll you have some bands where you listen to their albums and okay you've got that you've got that kind of sound right and then you go see them live and you're like oh shit you know like they bring something else to it live right um I feel like Twin Peaks is one of those bands that is able to bring that live energy to their studio recordings um, for whatever reason. I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, yeah, so I, I do like Under the Pines. But, uh, you know, what? what's kind of, uh, well, what's the next track you want to talk about? And I think I know what it's going to be. You think so, huh? <laughs> think you know me <laughs> you think you know that i want to talk about sun in the trees yep i do yep uh so yeah it's definitely sun in the trees 
I it, it that might be my favorite track on the album. It's number one. It's just the the guitar intro is like um, it's like the my favorite part of the whole album. It's like kind of cool and and twangy and 60s vibe but it's also kind of like melancholy and you know like reminds me of like 90s like smashing pumpkins or something like where it's like weird effect heavy guitar yeah uh like minor chords and you know just kind of like dark and depressing and but yet it's not you know it's it doesn't it doesn't it like it like hints at that but it doesn't ever get there and then um the track itself as a whole like the intro like leads me to believe that it's going to be one thing and then when it kind of picks into it it's like to me it's like it's it's like brian wilson yes track it's 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 straight out of pet sounds yeah i mean it is it is well composed it is i got it you know it's got tons of layers it's it's got great backing vocals. I mean, it's it's just it's just all over the place, and it's it's great. I got. I mean, I I you know, and I'm not someone who you know. I know you, Pet Sounds. You know, we talked about it in one of our first episodes. That's one of your favorite albums. Uh, I'm not. I'm not huge into the Beach Boys. I don't. I'm not super familiar with them. Um, but I definitely got a Beach Boys. Yeah. In in the best way, in the best sense possible. A Beach Boys yep. vibe off of off of yeah. this track, um, and yeah, I, it's, and it, it's definitely yeah. Like I said, it's definitely straight out of Pet Sounds. It's like you got that washed out kind of lots of reverb. Um, yeah, and yeah, a lot of a lot of just random instruments. You know, like fucking I don't even know if it's a there's like a freaking bassoon or something <laughs> in there. It's like <laughs> it's just. I, yeah. I don't even know. There's like a bunch of random instruments and, and uh, you know, some, There's definitely some, some different sax vocals. There. There's some sax on there. Um, I, li- I actually like the, like the sax on this album quite a bit. It's, uh, it, it kind of, I, I, and, and I'm not, sh- uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm remembering this correctly, but like all, like the, I feel like the sax on, on this album is all kind of like in the same uh it's kind of like the same range like the same like sound like the same kind of sound it's not like a high brassy kind of right. sax it's more of like a, more i don't know if it's like sax, tenor yeah. or like baritone sax um it's definitely on the lower range um but i i really i really like i just really like the sound of the sax on throughout this whole album uh and it's 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 fairly prominently uh dis- displayed throughout this throughout this uh this album but mm. uh i also like a lot of the lyrics in this in this particular yeah. track like yeah um ha- ask me why i <laughs> ask me why i feel i'd be better off then <laughs> uh, yeah there's just like i mean there's a lot of like good melancholy lyrics to this album yeah. and we've talked about in, in past albums i believe we talked about um in the the midnight the midnight album uh which is a synth that's a synth band but we talked about how with when john was on here and everything and we talked about how you know you like those you kind of like you like the breakup songs you know 
Um, yeah. And, and there, I feel like there's a, a number of those kind of like melancholy, melancholy oh, yeah. kind of tracks on this album. Yeah, I've always been one, just like John said on that episode, I've always been one that's like, I want to hear, I want to, I want to, I want to hear and I feel I pain. I yeah, I, I don't want to wallow. I don't right. want to like find somebody and like wallow in misery. Right. But it's nice to hear like when people are like talking about their own problems. Right. And it's like, you know, and, and, and the things that like, I mean, well, I don't want to. I don't want to move on from this this song oh. if you're not ready to. But no, uh, I'm good. One to of go. the other songs on here, I mean, like Fat Chance. Fat Chance. Like Fat Chance. Is that my favorite song on the album? No. It could easily be my least favorite because of the style, but it's <laughs> it's not. Like I I really kind of enjoy it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm and the, the lyrics kind of way. and the and the idea of the of the song itself is just is it's kind of. It's kind of both melancholy and hilarious. It's just like, right. it's really just like, I want to do all this, you know, like I, I wish I could do all this stuff. Yeah. I'm going to do all this stuff, but you know, fucking fat chance. Right. Like, it's not going to yeah. happen. You yeah. Know? No. And it's funny. That's funny that you mentioned that because for some reason I thought fat chance would be a song that you, that you liked that stuck out to you on this album. Um, it's, yeah. It's never been one of my favorites, but no, for whatever reason, I I viewed it through your lens, and mm. and I was like, I feel like this is going to be a track that Andy likes, and I so do. I really, and, I wouldn't go so far as to say I like it, but I appreciate it. And so, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I I like it in the same way that the band like is going to play it live, right? Like, they're probably not going to play it probably live, not. but they wrote it. They like it. They released it. That's kind of how I feel about it. like, Oh, this is enjoyable. Like it's, it's well done for what it is. It's well done. I mean, I think up until that point, so, you know, this album came out and well, they released this in 2017. So they'd been around for 10 years, right? Um, about, or no, I'm sorry, not 10 years. They'd been around for about seven years. Seven. And they'd yeah. released, you know, a few different, a few albums and stuff like that. This is easily their most stripped down track of their entire catalog. Yeah. Um, it's very folk acoustic. Uh, I mean, definitely has kind of like that kind of, it definitely has like a Bob Dylan kind of singer songwriter mm, kind of vibe to it. Make it as a Bird. What's that? Naked as a jaybird. Naked as a jaybird. Um, and so, you know, this, so musically, so I, I don't know, I don't know how you are. For me personally, some, like sometimes lyrics come, come second to me. Like, uh, yeah. like I, I, I kind of get the vibe of the, you know, the actual music and the instrumentation and things like that. And, and lyrics are kind of like a, an, not, I wouldn't say an afterthought, but, they certainly aren't like at the forefront of like my experience right. with the song. Um, and, and so, it, you know, actually it's, it's interesting because this is a, this is a track that I never really was like, Oh, I love this track. Like it's different. Right. It stands out. It adds variety to the album. Sure. But it wasn't one like that. I like personally just like love the style of, um, right. even though I'm a very, even though I love acoustic, like I love that folk acoustic kind of like sound, um, but actually it was it was you and and knowing your affinity for 
those kind of like personal and and more poignant kind of lyrics. Yeah. Um, uh, and going back to the the Midnight album, you know, where you you uh, the the track on there that was your favorite, I believe, was uh, what was the name of that track? Synthetic. Synthetic, and that was like one that I I, I shit on that track. <laughs> I like shit on shit that track all over it. <laughs> I shit all over that track, and then you and then you and John were like, "Oh man, that's my favorite track of the album," and I was like, "God damn it!" And um, and so it we caught you. <laughs> what's that? We caught you. You caught we me. Got you. Gotcha. Gotcha. We, yeah. And trapped you. <laughs> spooked you. Scared you. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> and and so for whatever reason, like having that experience of going through that album. And then, and then, for whatever reason, like this, going through this album, I was like, "Oh yeah, like this, this remind." Like I think this is a track that Andy's gonna like, and it made me. It actually made me stop and kind of look at it and listen to it in a different way, which I think is cool. You know, I think that's really neat because, like, it just shows that, like, you know, in, in this whole experiment that we're doing with this podcast, and and. and in talking to each other about music and our opinions and thoughts and feelings about music, it made me look at a song in a different way right? than, than if we weren't doing this, like if we weren't, if we weren't doing this, I would have been just like, well, fuck it. Yeah. This song. Okay, sure. Whatever. It's not, it's not my favorite, but it's not bad either. Blah, blah, blah. And I would just kind of go past it. But it gave you pause. It did. It did. Did make me like stop and like, look at this song a little more you know you just look a little a little deeper and well and that's what's funny is is when i first listened to it i was like when it first came on i was like i could have immediately written it off you know what i mean i could have been like meh it's not my favorite and just been like and and (laughs) never thought of it again but I, I thought about it in terms of like, no, I should listen to this, give it a chance, mull it over, think about it. You know, like I want to have something to, th- to say about it. And I seriously, after the second or third time, I'm like, I could skip this track. And I never do. Never have. And I never do. And it's because I like it. I, I enjoy it. There's, it's not perfect. It's, there's things about it that, I, that, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily say I, I love but the track in and of itself, I, I would say, is still one of my one of my favorite, tr- not favorite tracks, but one of the tracks I enjoy on the album, and and it's and and it's because I stopped and listened mm-hmm. to it and I thought about it and and didn't just dismiss it because it sounded a certain way, and um, and and to some extent, there's a lot of a lot of uh, thought that went into it is stripped down, but there's a lot of thought and a lot of care that went into making it sound the way that it sounds right and and it it it's i think my biggest my the biggest thing i like about it besides the fact you know besides the lyrics you know besides the kind of story that it tells is um is really that it's it feels authentic Mm -hmm. you know we've talked about some of these kind of uh put on songs where it's like you know they're they're really kind of you know, they're, they're kind of in, in some sense imitating somebody or some right. sound. Um, and you could really say that here. You could say, I mean, for all intents and purposes, you could say that, that, uh, 
Fat Chance is really, you know, a Bob Dylan song. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's essentially, you know, when you listen to the, to the, the sound of his voice and you listen to the, to the guitar, um, it's either Bob Dylan or, or one of Bob Dylan's influences, you know, from, you know, the, the even before that. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's not, and you can tell that it's not, and it's, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like an imitation. It right. doesn't feel like a put on. It feels authentic. Mm-hmm. It feels like they wrote a song and said, and, and kind of said, you know, the way we need to produce this and the way that it needs to sound should really fit this bill. And it just happened to be that sort of aesthetic. So, so that's what, I mean, you know, that's, that's a far different story than being like, you know, we're just going to make it sound like right. Bob Dylan, or we're just going to make a song that sounds like the Rolling Stones. Or we're just... The best thing I can say for Twin Peaks and this whole album is that there are a lot of points where you're going to be reminded of people that probably influenced them. Right. But at no point, and for me anyway, at no point did it feel like they were intentionally mimicking someone. Exactly. It just happens to be the way they wrote the song and whatever they were doing fit. And by the time they made it to the record, it happens to sound like somebody. And 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 that's – it's not mimicry. It's not imitation. Yeah. It's, it's it's just it's them inspir- being it's authentic. Ins- and it's it, inspiration. It's inspiration. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, it's and, inspiration. It's being, and because you're always going to have – you're always going to have people inspired by – past by what has come before exactly that's that's just that that is always going to happen you know and yeah you're going to have people that capitalize on 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 certain specific sounds and 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 mimic certain certain sounds but the, the the real artists the true artists that produce new material they're going to do so in a way where they're inspired by the past, but they're bringing right. something new to the table, you know. Right. Um, and you know, the- it de- it definitely it definitely feels far more like like a quilt, you know, like they've pulled all these all these different things together and kind of blended it into one thing, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, far more than it feels like they've they've you know we're gonna do this kind of track and we're gonna do this kind of track and and just you know kind of made the decisions up front it feels like you know just as much as all five of them are bringing their own ideas to the band it it feels like you know you know they're blending it all together in a way that yeah. you know their inspirations are, are showing as well but not in a way that's super overt right yeah i mean i think fat chances you know it, this is a track that's smack dab in the middle of the album and yeah. it really it really stands out in in terms of its 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 tone and 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 sound and everything and um and and yeah it's you know when it, like i said it did give me pause to to reflect on on it and you know it, it uh, the the lyrics are very pers- seem to be very personal and 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 are very poignant um mm-hmm. you know and it's just like so you know just an excerpt from it is just just a traveling man in a traveling band hope to lend a hand before the earth turns into sand 
and yeah. and you know just the idea of like wanting to do something that matters before <laughs> before it's all right. over you know kind of deal right and also and then there's another part of the song that you know wanted to have a daughter and a son that loves the water swimming in the sea living worry free fat chance fat chance yeah. you know like it's just like you wanted these they're they're so and so yeah. the you know fat chance is the name of the uh, is the name of the track but it's not until later on much later on in in the song that he actually says fat chance and right. so you have all of these kind of like things that he lists out but then it's you realize oh you know yeah. fucking fat chance this is gonna happen you know what i mean right and so it it, it kind of has this optimistic feel to it but at the same time then it's like well that's not gonna happen <laughs> you know right. um which i kind of i kind of like that little twist on it there you know with the song um yeah plus i've been listening to it you know in this hot streak here at the beginning of march <laughs> and uh and and you know like the first the first couple lines are yeah i've been feeling weary <laughs> 70 degrees in february <laughs> and i just keep thinking the same thing it's like i'm like it's supposed to be fucking winter still right you know it's like and it's hot outside i feel weird <laughs> 70 Fat 70 degrees 70 <laughs> 70 um you know kind of to kind of take a break here in terms of like talking about like the you know the tracks and, and the album and stuff like that um it is interesting, so that you know, I I was kind of reading about how uh, the reason they kind of went about doing this kind of compilation as opposed to just doing a, a new album was that they just they felt like it was like it was it was going to take too long to produce a whole album, and mm-hmm. they just didn't want to go that long between albums, so they were like you know let's let's just kind of do this where we we do kind of two songs at a time and and uh so uh Caden right is that that's the same Caden yeah, one of Cadian Cadian that's right Cadian um so Caden yeah Cadian Lake James so he got he got the idea from uh, another big influence of the band which is uh Jay Riotard and um who had done a who had done kind of like a, a a similar compilation called Matador Singles and and so they kind of decided they were they decided they were going to do something similar where uh like each kind of each member of the band kind of pens their own piece that they'd like to sing and then you know they would kind of during the production process like the different segments different things would be added and, and, and stuff like that. Um, but so typically, you know, because, because we talked about this earlier where, you know, there's, so there's five members in the band, four of them sing, four of them will, right. will actually be the lead vocalist any, at any given time. Um, but, but uh, Katie and, and, and Clay are the most prominent, vocalist but um so but they I, I was reading that typically whoever sings the song actually wrote the song <laughs> which is i thought was kind of cool like that nice yeah i thought that was kind of interesting 
that whoever whoever ends up singing the song is the one who kind of wrote the song and obviously they do they do a lot of collaboration and things like that um right but you, you know I, I thought that was i thought that was pretty cool um they yeah i mean they, and the interesting thing is like with this this album is that, that how they approached it and and how it still kind of comes across as being like is feeling like a cohesive album. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm trying to think here of, uh, you know, they, I mean, they've been labeled, you, you talk about, we've talked about labels before here in past albums, uh, grunge and stuff like that. And, um, you know, the media and, and different things like to put different labels on different kind of genres, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but right. you know, I know like Twin Peaks is kind of like they just kind of consider themselves like rock and roll. You know what I mean? Like, right. um, you know, it's like you like what's you know they they they've been labeled like indie rock, but you know what's what's what is right. really indie rock? And you know what's to kind of differentiate that and um. <laughs> I just, there was a quote from one of them in, a, in an interview where they were like when we're, <laughs> when we're asked I tell people we sound like Rolling Stones and it's mostly true <laughs> I thought that, that was kind of funny <laughs> um, yeah but you know uh, I mean so you know, going through the album here I know we don't want to go through track by track I mean did you have some other standout standout um, standout tracks to you I mean, Blue Coop is a great song. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a that's a good fucking song. Um, Blue Coop is uh, actually one of the very few songs uh, sung by sung by Jack Jack Dolan, right. who is the bassist. Um, right. Um, and that song is very personal to him as well. I don't know if you read about that, but he that that song is dedicated to. He lost like he lost he lost three friends over the course of three years prior to this album's release to to drug use and good lord yeah and but that song has I don't know that that's I I love the sound of that song I mean it has this it's great yeah it it really has this kind of like dreamy kind of yep. feel to it with that kind of like twinkling kind of piano medley or uh, melody and uh i don't know there's there's... and then and and it's not just that he sings it but his the bass is very pronounced as well it's got a good bass Mm -hmm. uh over the over the piano you know the bass comes in and it's kind of got like a a cool riff there as well that i really i really like yeah that's a that's it that's kind of oh that's one that was always kind of like one of my favorite tracks on this album um yeah just ha- like you know upon first listen and stuff like that just because of the yeah. the sound of it really appealed to me um yeah i mean i, I don't know if you had anything else to say about blue coop no is was there was there another track on the album that you really liked oh man i mean honestly I mean, it is one of those albums that i can just listen to start to finish obviously and right and, and and enjoy like there's to me there's no real 
Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny because it goes it goes back to it goes back to fan chance. Like if I'm gonna if I'm listening to the album as a whole. Like I would say, like Fat Chance is one that I would kind of skip just in terms of like listening to it as a whole, but on its own, right. I really enjoy it. And on its right. own, reflecting on it, listening to that, and like focusing on it, I, I really enjoy it. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting that they put that smack dab in the middle of the album, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but. I mean, so you know, I mean, on the line is is pretty simple, pretty simple in structure. It's um, it's a pretty short song, that nothing yeah. super that that really stands out to me. I mean, I, I like it; it's a good song, like every like you know every song on this album. But um, with you, I don't know how you felt about that one. I I like yeah, I like that one. A lot. I like that one a lot, um, and. You know, I'm someone who, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I sometimes I don't really pay attention to the lyrics as much as I should, you know? Um, right. But to me, the lyrics on this album are real, are the lyrics on this, this track, I'm sorry, uh, are really kind of what makes, what makes it for me. Um, the, yeah. The, you know, it's, the the lyrics are like being with you well it's better than being alone right. <laughs> being with you i might as well just be alone kind of right. like you know it's it's kind of it it's kinda, a, yeah it's a it's kind of a fucked up song you know yeah. it's, it's good I, I like how it starts too and it's like sometimes when i feel all right i ask you if you love me can't you lie <laughs> right. I, I, yeah. I like the i like that lyric a lot yeah um and yeah, there's just something that feels that just feels very authentic to it to me. Like, like there are things like I don't know. There's like another lyric in in the track that is very superficial, but I just always kind of like like it's like if I if I make it to the corner, I can make it to my bed. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and that just makes me feel like that just make like brings me back to like my uh yep. my post-college days that's, of like fucking getting could, yeah, getting too absolutely. drunk and stumbling around fucking sh- i mean there it's are a, i have i have i have fuzzy memories of of times yeah. where you know like i went to a party and or something like that in, in in chicago and i got i fucking drank too much and you know i'm on my way home and <laughs> you know i just like there's just like little things like that like which you know yeah this is not like revolutionary lyrics but it it, right. it it hits home with you. It, it does it does strike a chord with you, in a in a very personal way. Um, yeah, and yeah, I'll, I think every, uh, everybody's felt like that yeah, at some point. Though. Exactly. Like, if I can make it to the corner. I can make it to my bed. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> but no, I, I like that song because it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like it, it's like a love song, but it's it's kind right. of like a pessimistic love song. It's like, right. you know what I mean? Like it's right. it's. Yeah, it's like well, passive aggressive. Yeah, love yeah, song. exactly. And I, I kind of like that kind of twist on it, you know, on that kind of. Yeah. Um. It, so what's what's the next track on the album that really kind of stood out to you? Because we're coming down to the last what few last three tracks on the album. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I I like the the last three tracks on the album. Okay, I I was gonna kind of talk about in the meadow. Okay. Um, on the album might be my least favorite song on the album really but 
I watch the live performance of them at Dolly Hall oh, nice. in Chicago playing this song, and it might be one of the best live performances I've ever seen. Wow. I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's like the energy and, and, um, you know, just the way they're, you know, all, so this, in this song, it's, it's, we've said that they all sing for the most part, except for, um, Connor, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's literally, so this is a song that Colin Kroom sings, uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm. So it's him singing lead, playing guitar instead of keyboard. And the rest of the band is then also there singing, you know, backup vocals and, and singing here and there. And it, as a whole, I mean, it's just, it just, and, and then, you know, they got three horn members playing and, and as a whole, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a big song and it's got a lot going on. Yeah. It's watching it live is just, it's amazing. I mean, it's just it's a it's a production, and it's it's super great. I'll have to check. It's it's really cool. Yeah, I know. I really want to. I really want to check that out. Um, I, I, and and the the album just simply doesn't do it justice. Yeah. The albums like the the lead vocals on the album are like super effects heavy, which I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. And um and and the song itself is fine, but it's kind of like it kind of for me goes down this like weird white stripes path of like everything like the vocals are effects heavy yeah everything else is super effects heavy and it kind of just all blends together a lot of of distortion is fine yeah yeah but live it's like you know there's three people playing guitar and it's like i can distinguish each three of them right and and then you know and then the bass line's really cool. Drums are, you know, cranking. Yeah. And then they've got the horn section going. And then they're all singing, like, together. Right. And they've got, like, this this kind of, you know, call and response thing going. It's just, it's 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 amazing. It's really good. Damn. And it's, like, it's another, you know, it's another example of these guys kind of, like, built themselves up as, like, these, you know, house party, right. you know, band and and the album you know they're one of they're going to be one of these bands probably for their whole career where the albums are going to be great and there's going to be some singles on the albums that are you know could be you know top 100 hits you know potentially but they you know but seeing them live is just simply gonna you know be the way to do it yeah you know it's just the albums are just never gonna do it justice yeah I mean, I mean, I did mention earlier that like I do think that they're one of those bands that like a little bit like I, I do feel like some of that live energy does come across in yeah. in the album, um, and I've seen them live, and so <laughs> the story behind me seeing them live is, uh, so I you know I I I got into them as a band, blah blah blah, whatever. A, a good friend of mine that I had worked with. At the time, this this is going on a couple of years ago. Um, a good friend of mine, Brandon, that I worked with, who is he's big into to Twin Peaks. He's big into Whitney, and we kind of discovered those bands together. And um, so, so in in May of uh, shit, must have been May of two thousand nineteen. Um, I had I had gotten tickets for for me and for me and Brandon to go see them, and. I think they had sold the like tickets had sold out for the Chicago shows. 
And so I was like, God, God damn it. And so I looked and they had a show in, in, uh, Madison. Uh, was it Madison? Yeah. Madison. And, um, I was like, well, shit, Madison, God damn. I mean, we could get to, we could get like from where we, from where we are here in, in, you know, like Elgin area of, of Illinois, we could get to Madison faster than we could get to downtown Chicago, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like on, a, on any given, on any given night with rush hour. And so I was like, fuck, let's just do that. You know, we'll, we'll go to this show in Madison. And, and so I started looking it up and Madison's actually kind of a cool little, cool little city. And, um, so we did that and, and we got those tickets and then it ended up being that like, that was the day that I ha- we had to move uh, that me and me and my wife had to move, uh, t- to our, our new place that we didn't know that at the time. And, and it just ended up being that that was the day. And so like, it was such a bitch. Like we had to go through all this shit to like, you know, just the moving process and everything. And, and my, my buddy Brandon helped me move and everything that day. And we were just so fucking exhausted. I mean, we, we were wiped. I've never been, I have never been that drain of energy like in my in my fucking life and and at that but at that point like i can't remember what time it was we finished unpacking and then i was like okay fuck it all right let's get we're gonna get in the car and 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 we drove up to madison for the concert and we went to a couple cocktail bars and stuff like that beforehand it's cool cool little town and everything and man like it was just like as soon as I got on the road and as soon as I got into Madison, I like got this burst of energy and had had some good cocktails. We went to that show and I was like fucking like, dude, I was I was feeling good. And they were <laughs> they they brought I, 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 and it was like this like, um, yeah, it was this really kind of like, you know, it wasn't like a huge venue or anything like that. And but they 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 brought it and 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 I was I was fucking I was fucking rocking out to that shit and it was a great show and yeah I mean so they're they're one of they are definitely one of those bands that like they they bring a ton of a ton of energy to the live performances so I, I and <laughs> I was probably I mean I had had I had had a number of drinks I was drinking some spotted cow I was drinking some other stuff <laughs> and. But uh, I remember that night, but I also, there are, you know, specifics that I don't remember <laughs> of that <laughs> night. Prefer, like, specifically, like, like the, the uh, you know, the, the, um, the set list and everything. I don't, I don't remember exactly what songs they play. So I really want to, now I really want to check out In the Meadow live. Um, because I, I do, yeah. I do like that song on the album. It's, it's got a good vibe to it. It's got, you know, good use of like, uh, I like the vocals. Um, there's some good back, backup vocals. Like you said, some call and response kind of thing. Um, and then it kind of turns into this like sweet jam session at like the last couple minutes of the track. Um, yeah. and, and that kind of leads into, that kind of leads into the, the final track on the album which is called uh, We Will Not Make It, and then in parentheses, Not Without You. And that's actually one of my favorite tracks on the album. 
Um, yeah, I really like this. I really this is uh, I just feel like this is a really epic and just a just a great closer for the album. Um, it's it's primarily instrumental. Uh, it's very jazzy and kind of it has yeah. it has a good energy to it and and um, that like halfway through. There's this like acoustic guitar breakdown that really kind of reminds me of like classic Zeppelin. Um, yeah, and, and then it definitely, and then it kind of goes into this kind of like anthem like vocals where you got all these people mm-hmm. kind of like you know singing and, and and all, and then the instrumentation kind of comes together and coalesces into this like grand finale. I just think it's just this really epic, just. It has a really epic big sound to it um but in in keeping with the rest of the album you know it, you know and right. and it's it's yeah. i love i i just love that track i don't know yeah it's it's good i i had i mean i don't have anything else to say because it was pretty much you pretty much said exactly what i had written down it's it's just it's huge it's epic it's it's kind of builds this like triumphant yeah yeah kind of chorus and 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 it's you know it's like six and a half minutes long right but it's it you know it's it's good it's worth every minute of it yeah and it and it's interesting to see how you know they evolved as a band here because you know like like i mentioned earlier in the in in the episode a lot like their first couple albums like they're very short very like two minute tracks right. you know what i mean and they've right. really kind of expanded upon their sound and and have added a lot more instrumentation and and stuff and i i personally love that um and uh you know i i don't and i know we we, we did kind of talk a little bit about it sounds like you haven't really explored much beyond this album right is that correct yeah it, it, it's it's kind of interesting because you know, when I when I do look at their whole kind of catalog, um, you you can see like you can see the evolution from Sunken to Wild Onion to Down Down in Heaven and Down in Heaven going from going going from Down in Heaven to to this album that we've been kind of primarily talking about here, Sweet Seventeen Singles. You can you can definitely see that that that's a that's a fluid transition from from Down in Heaven mm-hmm. to this. To Sweet Seventeen mm-hmm. Singles, um, and then after so after this, they released uh, an album called Lookout Low, and um, and so that that album is it, it's it's different. Uh, it, it's it's not. It does take a different kind of path, and it's not it's not my favorite. Like I think f- following that up uh from you know go from go, going from there going there from from sweet 17 singles um it, yeah it's it, it's a it's a bit of a um a bit of a step backwards for me in terms of the my personal preference of their sound you know but i like i do like that they're a band that continues to evolve and 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 there are some really good some really good tracks on on lookout low their most recent one that came out in 2019 um and you know they but you know they're they're going to be a band that i continue to follow and in yeah and 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 pay attention to um 
And like, you know, I mentioned earlier in the episode, I think it's so cool that like, they're just like these group of friends that, that, that came together and, and have been really, you know, successful without, without, uh, you know, kind of going overboard and, and, you know, and don't get any ideas. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool to see, like, cause we, you know, we've talked about other bands and, you know, in past episodes that they get to a certain, they reach a certain point in their, in their career and, and in their sound or whatever. And then they just kind of seem to disintegrate. And, and I feel like this yeah. is a really healthy band that's very collaborative Everybody kind of is bringing something to the table, and I, and that's that's refreshing and and you know nice nice to see. Yeah, definitely. So that's I mean I don't know if you have anything else to say about this album. Um, no, but I I love this album. It's great. It's one. It's absolutely. I think you know looking at their whole catalog, it's my favorite even though it's not a true album, like a true studio album, it's right. a compilation. It's to me, it's my favorite collection of, of songs from them. Um, and, and like I said, I, I, I like that. It's, it, it, it makes, it just makes it better that, that they're local and that I've seen them live and, yeah. you know, that they're a very quintessential like Chicago band. And, and that's, that, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And uh yeah, so what are we going to talk about next week, Andy? This is uh mm-hmm. this is something that you kind of stumbled across and recently well, introduced me to. I I think we're going to we're going to take a hard <laughs> left turn. Um those, those gonna, are the be- we're going to venture into some Those are the best turns to take, the hard left. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to venture into some territory that neither of us is familiar with, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about a, a band, a band, I guess, a group called the Lounge Lizards. And we're gonna we're gonna dive into their album, Voice of Chunk. Voice of Chunk. That's just a, such a ridiculous. Such a ridic- ridiculous title for an album, but I love it. It is a ridiculous title. So it's it's one of their uh it's one of their later albums and um you know they had a they had a couple before that there it, it's 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 interesting And this is it's, this is like the late 80s, correct? Yes, yeah. 1988. Okay. So yeah, I So they're they're a, they're kind of a um they're kind of a jazz band. Mm-hmm. Kind of not. Or like jazz fusion or something, um, you know, kind of like it's hard to say. Yeah, I, I don't know. They're they're more it's, like I, the best. The I the best I could say for it is think Talking Heads meets Talk Talk meets Jazz. Yeah. Somehow, and it's kind of somewhere in that realm. Yeah, you you sent me like a, the first thing you sent me of theirs was like some YouTube video of like they were playing some i don't even know what the top well i don't even know what show that was it was like i don't know if it was like who some knows some ra- something random was, weird show um and and I, I i got i got down to it and uh it's good and i liked it and i was like oh shit what's this and then, 
and and you know we've talked about kind of doing uh, uh, uh we've talked about focusing on a, a jazz album uh in, the, in in past episodes and we haven't really gone mm-hmm. we haven't quite gone there yet so this will kind of be our first foray into a a full-on yeah. kind of like j- jazzy jazz-esque kind of album jazzy <laughs> DJ Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> and so I'm looking forward to exploring this uh, yeah. a, a little further there's, here. And and there's a lot to talk about with the, with the founder, yeah. John Lurie, yeah. and, uh, you know, some of the things that he does. Yeah. And, you know, he's kind of a jack of all trades, renaissance man. You know, he's in, he's involved in a lot of things. So we will probably have a lot to talk about yeah, with him as well. Yeah, there's definitely going to be uh, uh, some some subsequent material just focusing on him and other things that he's done so um yeah i'm yeah. looking forward to that um so you know thank thanks for thanks for listening here to our our episode on on twin peaks and specifically their their album their compilation album sweet 17 singles sweet baby singles <laughs> um and uh yeah uh check back with us next week and we're going to talk about the lounge lizards specifically their album voice of chunk voice of chunk all right everybody until then thanks for listening bye-bye thank you for listening to sip and spin with luke and andy cheers